Welcome, pool guys and gals, to the Let's Talk About Pools podcast, where your host, Lauren Broom, will take a splash into many topics in the pool industry to educate all aquatic professionals. Listen in, and you just might be surprised what you'll learn. So let's jump right in. Welcome, everybody, today to the Let's Talk About Pools podcast. And on season two, episode 39, I got to interview Wayne Ivysich where we spoke about water chemistry and proper pool water testing, among many other things about water testing with a test kit. My awesome sponsors for this episode are Skimmer and Viking Capital. Thank you so much for sponsoring today's podcast episode and continuing education to the pool professionals across the country and world through the podcast. Thank you so much. And Let's jump right in, guys, to this episode. I want to tribute this podcast episode to Wayne Ivysich and announce that they're doing a big retirement party at the International Pool Spa and Patio Show in Las Vegas on Monday, November 14th from 5 to 8 p.m. at the convention center. So it'll be room W216 in the Las Vegas Convention Center during the pool and spa show. And he's has retired from Taylor Water Technologies as of September 16, 2022, after 31 years. And he taught over 10,000 of us pool professional in and out of water chemistry over the decades of his long career. So to honor him and his contributions to the pool industry and the next chapter of his life, they want to throw him this awesome retirement party that he definitely deserves. So while some may only know Wayne in passing, to many of us, he's been a friend and a comrade for so many years. He has seen our industry go through many changes. Let's come together and show Wayne that he has indeed made a huge impact on the pool industry that we all love. I just want to say thank you so much, Wayne Obusich, for your contribution to our industry. You are such an important person, and I hope we still see you in the industry from time to time, but I hope you enjoy your retirement as well. Thank you so much, Wayne. And listen in because he's my podcast guest here. So you can learn from him, even though he's retired. Thank you so much for your your service to our industry, Wayne. This is Skimmer, software for the modern pool professional. What can you do with Skimmer? See all your customers on a map, build service routes quickly, and let Skimmer optimize them for you. Access customer information, including contact details and full service history, anytime and anywhere. Customize work orders to track jobs like repairs and filter cleanings. Email your customers when you complete a service. You can include service details and on-site photos. Does your customer need a part? Add it to the shopping list and track it from purchase to installation. Skimmer will even remind you what parts you need for the day, and you can mark them as installed right when you're finished. Skimmer doesn't just store your service history. It helps you get paid. We integrate with QuickBooks Online for fast, easy invoicing. And we've got more billing options coming soon. All that's just the beginning. Go to GetSkimmer.com to watch our demo video, check out our online tutorials, and see if Skimmer is right for you. Welcome, everybody, today to my podcast, Let's Talk About Pools. And on my episode today, my guest is Wayne Ivysich. Everybody knows Wayne. He's the <laughs> manager of education and technical services with Taylor Technologies. Welcome, Wayne. How are you? 
I'm doing great, Lauren. Thank you for asking me. No problem. I was so excited to have when you said, yes, you wanted to be on my podcast. I was like, yay. <laughs> and I really miss seeing you at the pool show this year, but I did get to enjoy your getting a picture with your cutout of you. <laughs> my so cardboard was, uh, twin. Yes. I know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, it was life size. That's height, right. Life size. <laughs> so it was very cool. Everybody was taking pictures with you there and posting on social media. So tell me a little bit about you and your experiences and right, uh, with the pool right. industry and everything, just for uh, listeners that may not be aware who you are. <laughs> well, um, for those of you who don't know me, and there apparently is not very many, but who don't know me, I started with Taylor in September of 91 and uh, have grown in, in the position that I was originally hired for um, to develop what I what I do today, which is pretty much all, all of the education courses for Taylor and all of the calls that we get and the emails that we get that come into Taylor, uh, I handle. And even in foreign languages, I handle that too. So, um, so and I also at, at trade shows when we had them and when we will have them eventually down the road, um, I teach a lot at the trade shows uh, uh, and a variety of different classes. Lauren, I know you've taken some. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have probably seen me at some point or taken one of the classes. Um, but I do that at, at most of the trade shows around the country. Uh, I'm also obviously a CPO. Uh, I'm also an instructor. And additionally, I'm on the education committee at PHTA. And Lauren, you were one of my students way back in the day. Um, so uh, uh, the, the whole certification program is very important to me. And, and I've been a CPO since 97 and an instructor since like 2002 or 2003 or something like that. And I, I, somebody asked me the other day, how many people have I taught in classes over the years? And it, it was going into six digits at that point, and I kind of stopped and whatnot. But the latest thing that I've been doing is uh, webinars. Uh, every Tuesday afternoon, East Coast time, three o'clock, uh, I've been giving like a 30 to 40-ish minute um, webinar on specific topics. Uh, and there's nine of those topics, and I call them rounds. And I've been doing that now for, well, let's see, October of 2015 is when I did the first set. So, you know, it's going on seven years or almost seven years now. Um, and uh, it's a quick, simple, um, here's the information, here are the facts uh, in a short amount of time. And it's all recorded so that people can download the recording at their, at their discretion and time, of course. Uh, look at it, uh, distribute it to their staff, things like that. So it, I've got my hands in a lot of little things as far as education is concerned. And, and, and I love it. I enjoy it. <laughs> if any of my listeners can take advantage of any training you ever get to do at Wayne, it's going to be awesome. He, I, in my mind, for me personally, it's like he's the test kit and water chemistry guru. <laughs> so it, you want to take advantage of his experience while it's available. How Thank many you. years did you have with Taylor? I am in my 30th year at Taylor. Um, <laughs> I'll be starting um, uh, uh, like mid-September is my anniversary date. So yeah, I've been there a long time, pre-internet, pre-cell phones, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. <laughs> Boots on the ground doing the training. Okay. Old school. <laughs> yep. You actually had to go to all the shows and travel. And oh, yeah. Oh, travel yeah. was probably not as easy back in those days as it is now. Not at all. No. <laughs> so 
Are there any current trends in the pool water testing? Well, the, the, the trends that I've been seeing lately, as far as actually methodology is concerned, are basically two things. One is there's a lot of uh, service professionals, and this is not just in Florida, for example, but all over the country are relying on, on test strips a little bit more. And remembering the purpose of a test strip is a quick and simple, am I where I need to be kind of test. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's fine. But if the, the, the answer on the test strip goes beyond the range where you want it to be, then yeah, you need to do that additional testing, usually with a wet chemistry test of some kind. So you get a number. And then the other trend that I see a lot is, is digital. And it, it's becoming a, a more affordable as things progress. I remember when the whole digital thing started to, to have its own uh, wave of, of, informa- of, of interest. Uh, they were very expensive. Uh, it's not that they're not cheap now, but one of the few things in our industry that you actually get that get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. So a good quality meter, good quality digital system is going to, you know, it's going to hurt in the wild a little bit, but in the long term, it's going to be better when people are testing regularly and treating customers' pools or if customers come into a retail store and have their water tested, things like that. And I'm talking the meters that these are like the digital photometers and colorimeters that are available. You know, Taylor has one. There's many of them out there. In addition to uh, individual meters that maybe might test one or two parameters like pH and something or conductivity and salt or something like that. They are becoming increasingly more accurate, more affordable, and easy to, to work with. So I see those trends kind of developing. But you're still going to have wet chemistry tests. You can't get away from that. Because of the fact that it gives you a number, and that's what you need is that number. <laughs> and and the wet chemistry test isn't it easier still to come by the reagents for those at most of the distributors? They care. Most of the distributors are yes. going to carry those. Yeah, uh, most of the you know your 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 obvious uh, pool spa distributors throughout the country um, will carry all the basic uh, wet chemistry reagents that are needed. It's it's when you want to test that's out of the norm, um, something that, you know, somebody wants a manganese kit for some ridiculous, ridiculous reason. We don't expect a distributor to stock that. We would like them to, but of course they don't. So that would have to be ordered directly from us. Um, but as far as, as, as ease of availability of getting the product uh, as a replacement for, for a service tech or even homeowner, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Even a lot of the pools, supply stores, I notice carry like your reagents, the regular right. reagents and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of the distributors will talk about like reagent number three <laughs> sits on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it called many different names yeah. <laughs> because it just sits there. Nobody knows what it's for and they don't yeah. use it. And it's also uh, the acid demand and base demand reagents kind of sit on yeah. their shelves too, <laughs> because as useful as they are when we teach class, People just seem to walk away and not want to use those, but they are useful, aren't they, Wayne? Absolutely. Yeah. DPD number three is used uh, as a total chlorine test and a color matching test. And if you're doing the drop test for chlorine, it's used as a direct read for a combined chlorine test. And like you mentioned, the acid demand and the base demand test, uh, they're used to adjust pH. So it's not just simply, oh, I had a half a gallon of this and it'll come down. It doesn't quite work like that, but <laughs> it might be close, but but maybe not correct. 
but there are specific ways that you can know how much product to add to do what it is you need to do. And number three is important for either the drop five drop five drop test or because you, if you're getting total chlorine, you've already tested free chlorine. And right. if, if people are our pool operators or done a pool operator certification, they know where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. This is where they're getting figuring out breakpoint chlorination. Right. They're having issues with the pool. They have high combined chlorine. They've got to get rid of that. Absolutely. Breakpoint chlorination is usually the easiest way for a pool operator without having to drain a pool down or right. some weird piece of equipment like using mm -hmm. uv or ozone or something right to be able to get that combined chlorine down right so number three guys use number three and the acid demand and base demand reagent don't okay. let them sit on those distributor shelves they, they they'd like to, to sell them to you and they <laughs> will really help your job right really well so how has covid affected the the bit pool industry you think you know it, it it's it's a surprise uh, because when, when everything kind of happened mid-March of 2019, um, I, I, I remember at Taylor, I was told on a Friday afternoon, effective Monday, you're working from home. What? <laughs> so you, know, you grab what you can and, and, and that you think you'll need. Um, and then when, when the people in our industry were classified as essential workers, it made a whole lot of sense uh, because even though, say, we're not more near I'm at Mid Atlantic and Northern areas. Sure, we have we winterize our pools, but you still have got to maintain the water for for commercial properties, for you know uh, hotels and motels and things like that, because you don't want to turn them into swamps. Well, and, and that was that's exactly how we looked at it when I was still at the regulatory authority right. at the health department, still at that mm -hmm. point in time, and it was. The last thing we need on top of working the pandemic for COVID-19 mm -hmm. is to have all these little recreational water illness outbreaks mm -hmm. happening, mm -hmm. which could have been from private pools right. and not just public pools because right. these the pool industry wasn't deemed essential workers. So now they can't go out and work. And now you've right. got homeowners that are either going to try to maintain it themselves and not do it correctly, or mm -hmm. it's just going to sit there. And then exactly right. And, and you know, there's another kind of therapy pools, you know, it, it, all those, every, any kind of recreational water. And, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I, th I think everybody in the industry took a little bit of a hit when COVID first started, because nobody was really sure at that point. But we started seeing uh, basically a swing in sales upwards towards mm -hmm. the end of that summer. And as far as sales is concerned, I know Taylor, obviously, um, it's our 2019 figures, end of year figures were much better than what we had ever anticipated. And 2020 is looking even better. And we know that from like the orders we get from our stocking distributors and, and what they're seeing from their customers. And this is all over the country. So we've been very, you know, knock on wood, we've been very, um, uh, lucky in that sense, in that it, it's not uh, a, a dying industry. I don't think it will ever die because it's recreational water. It's not just your backyard above ground vinyl line pool. You know, it's it's everything else that's involved with it. So again, I'm um, thankful that, you know, we were all able to work during the, during the pandemic and still are working. Obviously, I'm still working from home, as you can see behind me, but um, it, it, it's a good thing. It, it, it's it's one of the few solid 
and areas that we know that are going to be always there. Um, and you know, and, and not denigrating any other essential workers like um, the healthcare industry and things like that. I mean, my daughter and my wife are both nurses, mm-hmm. so th- that's dear to me too. But you know, we're part of the process, and we let the process work. You know, we'll 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 get better. And there is light at the end of the tunnel now. Uh, not quite there, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. So, yeah, well, and I'm, I can. I'm just I, glad to still be able to be of service for everybody and still be able to teach. Yeah, I and I can feel what what you're talking about because, like, I went to the pool show in 2020 in Orlando, right before COVID started in March, and it was a buzz, and everybody was willing to spend money, and and p- yeah. sales were good at that point, and then COVID mm-hmm. happened, and then. Of course, pool operator certification courses shifted to online. And at first, people were hesitant to want to spend money on the education or anything, even though they would need it because they weren't quite sure Mm -hmm. how they're going to be deemed as workers and where the economy was going. But then after that, we saw that shift in the industry was considered essential. And so, yes, it's been so busy, busy. I'm hearing from pool builders all over the country yeah. that they've got waiting lists out year, year and a half for people to get a portable spa mm-hmm. or even build their pool. Yeah. So wonderful for our industry that mm-hmm. we're doing well. And some people have even said yeah. that we've kind of proven that maybe it's pandemic proof in some ways because they've made yeah. it through a pandemic yeah, and true. they're still all mm-hmm. working like crazy. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's kind of a neat thing, I think, don't you? Yeah. It was like a good shot on the arm, pun intended. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. So what's the biggest change in water testing since you started in 1991? <laughs> well, I, I tell you, when I started, nobody even knew what test strips were, except people who worked in the healthcare industry. And it wasn't until I would say probably the mid '90s where um, inexpensive two-way and four-way test kits started to come into being, in the sense that they were more available or more popular with, with consumers. And then as things growing, I remember when chlorine generators first started to come into the market. Uh, I know it's not it's not testing, but it's something that I remember. That was another milestone that kind of has taken on its own life. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do, and I mentioned it earlier with, with the electronics and the digital age and things like that. And, um, all of us test kit manufacturers, um, uh, expanding out into the test strip market. Um, I see your growth that way. It, it's funny. You, you mentioned the question, you know, is there what I call the magic wand where you stick one probe in the water and it gives all your readings instantaneously. And unfortunately, it doesn't really exist because of the way some of the parameters are tested. You can't do it like that. But I, 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 can, I can see, you know, down the road, a number of years, somebody developing that magic wand that will, you know, you stick that probe in the water and spits out all the answers you ever wanted to know about the water. So, and, and that's the big thing. And the growth, the acceptance, the... And I think the understanding of, of what's involved has also uh, grown too. Um, we got a lot of smart people out there, a lot of smart, savvy consumers. 
who know what they want, uh, can read instructions, can do the test, and they, they want something that's going to be accurate. So it's safe for them to use and their families. I, I know I interviewed, uh, it's a company, they have like a floating DPD test that can do like the tests like your test for DPD for chlorine and pH and stuff. And then it gives the information back to the cloud. And then they could mm -hmm. even do eventually the idea of route management based on customers who have right now it's too expensive. Eventually you'll have, you know, people that are going to be able to afford that eventually. But as the te technology comes out, it's, it's not affordable option as of yet for a homeowner. So like you talked earlier about technology, the trends right. will change eventually right. to where we'll have a magic wand and it'll be affordable for the homeowner even to be able to do. I want to say thank you during this intermission to my other awesome new podcast sponsor, Viking Capital. Um, any of the pool builders out there, your customers can get awesome swimming pool specific financing from viking.com. You can go to www.poolloan.net to get more information. And I highly recommend that all the pool builders listening check out Viking Capital. They're an awesome group of people. I've actually spoken with them and interviewed them for the podcast. And they're worth checking out. So, okay. Wayne, is training and certification classes like CPO still important? Absolutely, Lauren. Um, uh, obviously, for um, service technicians and professional technicians who have to work on commercial properties, and the state requires some kind of certification. I mean, that's mandatory. I mean, obviously, Florida is the big one. California is another one. Texas is another one. Um, I believe there are uh, 31 or two states now across the country that require some level of certification certification in most of those states uh specifically mention cpo uh the program itself which is great or they'll say cpo or some other similar certification program and there are some other ones out there uh cpo has been around the longest um and that's the one of course that i'm most familiar with but it, it not only is it is it good for a service technician to take but there's a, and i bring up this in some of my webinars there's a sense of, of uh, accomplishment, one for the person who takes it, and two for your customers to show that you were diligent enough to go through that service, that, that certification program, mm -hmm. and that your level of knowledge is, is better than, you know, Joe Blow off the street with a, with, with a scoop and, a, you know, a gallon jug of acid kind of thing. Um, you, you know, you're, you, are, you are your most valuable asset. And even though, you know, I know how to change a tire, I'm not a car mechanic. You know, I feel healthy right now. I still need a doctor. You know, a, a commercial pool of facilities managers, uh, homeowners who, who, who request it, you know, they, they might know that, hey, there's water in the pool, but how do I take care of it? It's not just simply filling a, digging a hole and put water in it. <laughs> there's a lot more involved with that. And, and it's on a, on a commercial level, on a public level. So having that background, having that certification, going to the classes of trade shows, 
going to the classes that are that are offered by FSPA and, and all the other organizations around the country. That those are critical. And not just because it's required in some cases, but you know, new things come out. We've talked about some of them already. And unless you're aware of what's coming out, how are you going to grow as a person? And and um, certification aside, education is how we do that. And that's that's one of the main reasons why myself and the others and that are that that are similar to what I what I am do at these trade shows and these get-togethers is that we try to give as much information as we possibly can so that you can do your job effectively and efficiency efficiently and provide a value to your customers. I totally agree with you. Um, this is a leading question from that topic. So how important is it to continually take advantage of training that the pool industry uh, provides? Because we know there's other things outside of CPO that might be available um, to the pool operator? Do you think that they should take these other classes um, if right. it's free or available mm -hmm. to them? I, I Yeah. Um, I, I, if it's available to them and the, the timing and the money part of it is, is all kind of works, then I would take advantage of any kind of education opportunity that, that's made available, whether it's something at like a, a little tabletop show or a big full-blown, you know, and, uh, international trade show or something like that. Take advantage of it. I mean, particularly if the education is being offered for free. Um, for example, you know, and it, it, it's no great revelation here, but when I teach at trade shows, I don't get paid. I do it as part of the education system because that's how important I feel education in our industry is. Totally agree. So how often, I know ta you teach the Taylor webinars. How often, right. how often do you teach those Taylor uh, training webinars online? Um, the, the, um, it, it depends. Usually at, at all the major pool spa trade shows, um, I usually teach. So we're talking the shows that would include um, the, the Southwest Pool and Spa Show, uh, the Atlantic City Show, which is now called The Spool and Spa Pool Show, uh, Everything Under the Sun, Southeast Pool and Spa Show, Western Pool and Spa Show, Pool Industry Expo. Uh, and then my colleagues will also teach at some other shows that say um, some of the larger distributors like the Pool Corp uh, shows, Pinch a Penny, um, things like that. Uh, Keller, they're a distributor out in the Northwest. I do probably, when before COVID hit, I probably would do anywhere from oh, 15 to 30. Um, uh, education classes across the country a year, roughly. <coughs> Some of them might be two days at one location. One might be just fly in, fly out kind of deal. Uh, and that that is including all of the webinars that I do with Taylor too. So it, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. So how often is the Taylor training uh online webinars done, the go-to webinars, and then also any training that you do at trade shows, stuff like that, so that the listeners know what is available from you or anybody else on your staff. Right. The, um, the, the trade, I do um, classes at most of the uh, major pool spot trade shows. So I, I, I do 10 plus trade shows a year. I usually teach one or two classes at each one on a variety of different subjects. Uh, the webinars 
um, are every Tuesday afternoon from three o'clock to, to 3.30, quarter of four-ish kind of uh, East Coast time. And they're run through GoToWebinar, the, the, the company that's also GoToMeeting. And you have to individually register for each one. So there's a link that you have to have. And what happens about a week before the, the next round of webinars start, I publish all of these links for the, for the topic of the class and the date. And I put them on uh, Taylor's website, uh, on all the Facebook social media groups that I belong to for, for the industry. Um, the customer service reps have access to them so that if somebody calls in and I'm on a call or something, they can give them the link or forward the link to them. Or if somebody just wants to email me uh, at Taylor, and my email is simple. It's wayne at taylortechnologies.com. And I will be more than happy to, to send them the link. All right. I'm going to change gears from education here. And I wanted to talk about some our four main test kit interferences that some people get confused when they don't get the color, the endpoint color they're supposed to get. Yeah. So let's talk about each of them in order here. So sure, I'll let you yeah. choose your favorite and go in order here. <laughs> the, the big culprit when it comes to interferences is having too much chlorine, um, too much chlorine in the sample. And that can cause a lot of problems. In, in, in a sanitizer test for chlorine or bromine, uh, if you know for a fact there's product in the water and you get a test and there's no color development or it looks very, very faint, it's usually because it's a high level. And that's an easy interference to address. You can easily do a one-to-one -one dilution. And those instructions are in our test kit. That's, that's easy to follow. If you move on to, and, and with a one-to-one -one dilution, you just do the test, half water sample, half water that has no sanitizer in it, like bottled water, and then uh, do, do the test exactly like the instructions indicate, match your color, multiply the value by two. So if it matches eight, it's really 16. If it matches five, it's really 10, that kind of thing. That's pretty easy. Um, high chlorine and bromine can also interfere in a pH test. If you ever had a pH test go purple, instead of the normal yellow to, to deep red color. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a classic sign. And the phenobred indicator that we use at Taylor has an inhibitor already in there that prevents an interference up to about 15 parts per million. So if you get that purple color, the two things, two little bells go off. One, I've got a really, really, really high sanitizer level. I've got to deal with that. And two, I got to correct the interference. And the way you do that, that's really, really easy to do. You just get a new sample of water, um, you add one drop of reagent number seven, which is the first green cap bottle in an alkalinity test. It says five sulfate N over 10. One drop, mix that, then add your phenol red, and boom, you're going to get the right answer. And it's critical that it's only one drop of seven because the pH of number seven is 9.6. And anything more than one drop is going to change the physical pH of the sample, and you're going to get weird answers and get very frustrated. Um, now, the good thing when you're talking calcium hardness is that high chlorine, they don't care, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, you could have a 400 part per million chlorine reading, and it still wouldn't matter. The only thing that messes up a calcium hardness test is metals, iron and copper, typically, sometimes uh, manganese. And that's more out in the rural areas, but pretty much copper and iron. And you know that's happening because normally the color variations on a calcium hardness test go from uh, red to a really, really pretty sky blue, okay? Yep. If you get a great Kool-Aid color, 
when you do your calcium harness test. That's a classic sign of metals. And the easy way to fix that is, again, get a new sample. And then the three reagents you need for calcium harness test are number 10, number 11, number 12 in Taylor. You take the number 12 reagent first, which sounds weird, but you take that reagent and add about four or five drops of that first. And what that's doing is that there's, there's a product in there called EDTA. And EDTA is a metal sequestrant and it will hide the metal ions so that they won't react with the rest of the reagents as you add them. So then you do the test normally. And then you add the number 12 again to go to that red to blue endpoint. The kicker is add the number of drops of number 12 that you added in the beginning to your total drop count. So if you added five in the beginning and it took you 15, five, 15 is 20, 20 drops times the drop equivalents. And th those are the really big kickers in there. Um, if you, if you do salt testing, if you deal with chlorinators, uh, chlorine generators, there's really nothing that interferes with that. It's pretty dead on. Same goes for phosphates and nitrates. If you have to test for those, there's no real interference. Um, if you do testing for cyanuric acid, there's no real interference. The only issue with the cyanuric acid test, that if you go above 100 parts per million, you don't know how far above because there's no markings on anywhere. So I usually recommend a one-to-one -one dilution on that one too. But that's those are the biggies. The real awesome. Biggies. Thank you very much. So Good. listeners that are like test kit interferences or why am I seeing this color instead of this color? Right. <laughs> they, they start freaking out. Like, what do I do? What do I do? What does it mean? All right. This will be a fun one for you. Okay. Any new products coming out from Taylor that are cool or something to be on the lookout for? <laughs> Actually, yes, we do have something new. And it's primarily for retail stores that provide testing for their customers. We've come out with something called ExpressFlex, X-P-R-E-S-S-F-L-E-X. -S -S -E and what that is, it's, it's a test strip digital reader lab that allows you to test for all, all the basic parameters that that uh, everybody tests for you know, sanitizer, pH, hardness, alkalinity, cyanuric acid. But there's also uh, strips in there for copper, for iron, and for phosphates and salt. So you have the ability to do that whole gamut of testing uh, in a system at one time. And it, it's, it has a small footprint on a counter. It kind of solves the problem of people who love test strips and who want to be able to utilize them further okay, and more accurately because inherently test strips are kind of a, a tough nut sometimes, especially if the pads, the color on the pad falls between two standards. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the color reading system that's in the Express Flex lab um, takes that color and is able to assign a number to it. And then this whole system ties into our sure treat uh, treatment application which means that all the information from the tests are downloaded into SureTreat, and then the customer can get a, a printout of what's going on in the water, uh, what products are needed from the retailer. Um, it can be brand specific. It can be chemically generic. It really depends on what the customer wants. And then that way they'll say, okay, I need a pound of this. So, okay, why don't you go and get it? And that becomes the pick list for the retailer. So it all ties in together. And there's more information on the Express Flex. Uh, if you go to our main website, which is taylortechnologies.com, 
and the other website address for more information on ExpressFlex is as soon as I find it, there it is, uh, is uh, TaylorExpressFlex.com, which is T-A-Y-L-O-R-X-P-R-E-S-S-F as in Frank, L-E-X.com. Or they can contact me and I'll be happy to forward the, uh, the, um, the system to you. And how can they contact you again, Wayne? I know you said it my earlier, but let's let's Wayne at TaylorTechnologies.com. <laughs> awesome. And that thank you so much for talking about pool testing and education Thanks. and all the things that you're definitely known for and good at. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you, Lauren. Take care. Good to see you. You too. Thanks for diving in today with the Let's Talk About Pools podcast. Be sure to follow us on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page. And feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so more aquatic professionals like you can learn about the show. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Let's Talk About Pools podcast.